Praise the Lord. Uh, back here, let's turn to First Peter again. Looking at the conduct of Christians in the family, the wife and her de- demeanour, and uh, the wife and her dress and decorum, and what's precluded and what's prescribed, and then the wife and her disposition, and Lord willing, we'll get to the husband and his direction. So, looking at the wife and her disposition in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 3. After this manner, in the old time, holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. In like manner ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honour unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for the plain teaching of it. And I pray that we would hear and heed tonight. This portion of scripture is related to the family, to husbands and wives. And bless the word now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Okay, last time we're looking at the um, wife and her disposition in verse 5. After this went... (laughs) manner in old time Peter said in old times you know what would have been old time to him because we have somebody mentioned in verse 6 that he talked about as being old time old timers <laughs> the old time religion that was a song we sing patriarchs. that patriarchs it was because Sarah's mentioned and so it was way back how many years is that away from when Peter lived and to set Yep, fifteen to two thousand years back. So that's it. It's like us saying old times church apostles, <laughs> and that's how far away they were removed from the occasion when Sarah was around. <coughs> so <clears throat> we have old time holy women, and I think we should emphasise that. And we did emphasise that last time. Looked at um, different ones that were holy women who God used, and particularly Moses' mother there we looked at more and then we talked of wives today God is looking at the hidden man of the heart in the wives and their disposition and uh, their attitudes comes from inside God's interest is what's inside adorn themselves being in subjection to their own husband inward adorning remember we talked of that now we come to Sarah the example that Peter uses here even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Let's <coughs> consider Sarah <laughs> obeyed. She obeyed consistently, making her an example of all spiritually minded descendants of hers. Now, we might not be physical descendants, but wives today, we could say spiritual descendants of, the, of this woman, Sarah. Uh, <coughs> was that through the power of Christ the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit can live a godly and exemplary life displayed by as the word is there their obedience even as Sarah obeyed Abraham and that's not um, popular not the thing to say today but it's Bible let's say it 
<laughs> it's true. And so they lived, she lived consistently a godly example of a life. She, she also obeyed continually. Um, <clears throat> the Greek tense of the word obeyed there is something that's going on over a long period of time. It's not just, I obey today and that's it. It's an obedience that lasted a lifetime. Now, <clears throat> there are, were occasions she probably could have disobeyed, we could say legitimately. There are occasions in Abraham's life where he didn't do the right thing, but did, she didn't disobey. She obeyed. It's interesting as we look at that thought. When Abraham made disastrous decisions like going down to Egypt and uh, <coughs> going down to Abimelech to hide from a drought, <laughs> to hide from the problems in the land, she went. Now in chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, the, the occasion where they were going down to Egypt, verse 10 and following, there was a famine in the land. Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for a famine was grievous in the land. He's come near to enter into Egypt, and he said to Sarah, his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, they shall say, This is his wife, and they kill me, and save thee alive. He was after saving his own skin, wasn't he? <laughs> wow. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, and half truth, that it may be well with who? Me. <laughs> For thy sake, that my soul shall live because of thee. It doesn't say she said, no, I'm not going to do it. She did it. She obeyed this. Um, <clears throat> now, God worked it out for them. And praise God that he did step in. And uh, Pharaoh called Abraham, verse 18, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why don't you tell me the truth? And um, unsaved people can point the finger at Christians and say, Look, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to obey. You're supposed to be a God-fearing person. But anyway, she obeyed continually. And again, and it's a wonder he didn't learn this time with in chapter 20 of Genesis, we won't turn there, but Abimelech, he did the same thing there and asked her to do, do this, tell this half-truth. So she obeyed consistently, continually and cooperatively. If you go to chapter 18 and verse 6 of the book of Genesis, Sarah obeyed Abraham. And... The angel of the Lord is visiting Abraham and Abraham hastened in verse 6 into the tent unto Sarah and said, make, med, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, kneel it and make cups upon the hearth. Go jump, Abraham. <laughs> she didn't say that, did she? <laughs> she it's like he came in, came in and ordered her around when visitors dropped in. As, as one commentator I read, he barked out some orders uh, as he rushed into the tent. I've got some visitors out there. You need to do this, this and this. <laughs> we'll see a little bit more about that story in a moment. But uh, she obeyed, like, not like many others who fuss and feud and argue and protest and, she, and don't do it with the right, spirit, 
the right spirit and the right attitude. <clears throat> but here, Sarah obeyed. In verse 19, For I know him, it's interesting that God spoke this, that he will command his children and his household after him. Command his children. That's what he was doing in the house with Sarah. And they shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said because, the uh, well we won't go on to that one, but this is what he said about Abra Abraham. And this also <coughs> is talked about in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. And it reads, wherefore, in chapter 3 verse 1, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him as Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus was faithful in his house. He was commanded by the Father to do certain things and he did them. Even though it was hurtful and he went through a lot of suffering to do those things. As Moses was faithful in his house. And what, what, what a thing to be drawn like parallel with the Lord Jesus in comparison, comparing here. And this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, of course, inasmuch as he who had built the house is much more honour than the house. For every house is built or builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Now Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony to those things which were to be spoken after. Underline that word servant there. Yes, he, he had Sarah obeying him. Implicitly she obeyed what he said on the occasion and down in Egypt with Abimelech and also when the visitors come who was the angel of the Lord, the Lord himself. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he would order, command his house properly and that they would keep the way of the Lord and because of that God would fulfill his covenant promises to Abraham. That has ramifications way into the future from even today. The order of Abraham's house was a delight to God. With Sarah being obedient, calling him Lord, and with everything functioning as it should have. Sarah cooperated fully. <clears throat> now there's another occasion. And some say, well, Sarah didn't know about this. Back in Genesis chapter 22. And I've got a feeling that Sarah did know about it. <laughs> I heard one preacher say that Abraham, when he got this uh, instruction from God, got up real early and snuck away so that Sarah couldn't stop him. <laughs> it came to pass in verse uh, 1, after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I'll tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took his two young men with him, and, his, and Isaac his son. Clave the wood, and we know what happened there. But do you think he snuck away, or do you think he told Sarah where they were going and what they were up to? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
if you're a husband and snuck away and you're going to do what you're going to do, as God had instructed, what would you know? <laughs> who did you know would be waiting for you when you got back? <laughs> it wouldn't be a very pleasant home. Uh, but Abraham trusted God. He had faith to believe that he could raise him from the dead. And you read through that, it should move you as you read through that account there. God will provide himself a lamb and, and the things. And, and, <laughs> and he was dreading, dreading maybe the question that Isaac, you know, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the lamb? Mm. Abraham had that. Therefore, God will provide himself a lamb. Because it came out very quickly, I believe. But Sarah allowed this to go ahead. Um, <clears throat> she was strong in faith as Abraham was strong in faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, there <clears throat> it reads, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child. She knew the promise of God. She knew that her seed, as she had heard, was going to be as the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven. She was strong in faith too. And she knew if Abraham was going with Isaac to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac and Abraham would come back again. She was strong in faith too. And, and to, uh, she'd conceived seed and she trusted the promises of God. She judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang even of one and him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky for multitude, as sandwiches by the seashore, innumerable. These all died in faith. And so <clears throat> you have the record there. Um, let's consider now, we've looked at Sarah, her, her obedience to her husband, his direction, and uh, what he told her to do. And we'll go back there, of calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are. And then it's tying us today and that day back 2,000 years prior to when this was written and today we are ladies are her daughters as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement in like manner why, why is that there? in like manner what's it doing? it's tying it back to what was just being said about Sarah it's, and <clears throat> the, the wife and the wives ye husbands Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honour to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So the husband is to have here discernment and give proper direction. So the husband and his discernment, he's to be respectful in like manner, um, <clears throat> giving honour to the wife. <clears throat> Discern that. Show respect. Husbands should not be nables in to their wives. And I think he's the one I use most in giving a bad example of a husband. Nable. Belligerent, bossy, <clears throat> bully, making them do the lion's shares of the work, obligating and ordering them around beyond their strength. And Abraham was not like that. And in like manner... They do this, this way. Recall Abraham when he asked Sarah, and we go back to that one in Genesis that we were at before, 
in Genesis 18. We didn't read it all because I wanted to keep it from now. And verse 7 through to 9. Abraham, as it seemed, ordered Sarah around. Went in the tent, do this, do this, do that, and out the tent. We've got visitors, you've got to get it ready. But Abraham, what did he do? He ran to the herd. He fetched a calf. Now this is where you get the, um, you might say, the biblical instruction on that men should cook the barbecue. It's <laughs> right there. You know, and not only do that, but go and catch the cow too. <laughs> yeah, try that. I mean, can you imagine someone turning up and you've got a live cow out in the paddock? <laughs> you go and catch it and kill it. And, have you ever done one of them? If you're not good at it, it takes a lot of time. <clears throat> it takes a lot of time. But Abraham ran. Now, yeah, he got a, 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 an attendant to help, a servant. Fetched a calf and, and, good, and gave it to the young man and he hastened to dress it. But Abraham went further than that. You see, it's not that you just tell your wife what to do. You work with your wife in what you're doing together. Isn't this what Abraham did? He ordered his house correctly. He took butter and milk and the calf which he had, which he had dressed, cleaned up, skinned and everything else, and set it before them. He's serving them now. And he stood by them under the tree and they did it. Who did a lot of the work in the preparation to feed the visitors? Who did most of the work? Abraham, uh, Sarah did the cooking in the tent because if you follow the verses that, that come after, she was still in the tent. They said, where's your wife? She's in the tent. She'd been preparing. They hadn't seen her come out. And so <clears throat> we are to be respectful and honour them and not belligerent like, like Nabal in First Samuel 25 and help and work together on the tasks that you have in your, in your family. So have discernment to be respectful and to be responsive. Men, husbands, men or husbands, if you treat a lady courteously and considerately like a princess that Sarah's name means, then they will find it easy to be subject subject to you. Isn't that true? But if you order them round, they're going to resist. But you'll work together with this. And then it makes another statement. He is to be there to be heirs together of the grace of life. Christian couples are heirs together of the grace of life. They've got it way, way better than non-Christian couples. Because they're both heirs of eternal life heading toward heaven together. And therefore you have got those things you've got great commonality about. <clears throat> um Heirs together of the grace of life. I've, um, I wrote down this, but it was because I studied earlier. We just completed a series on togetherness. And so it is with the husband and wife. They are knit together in Christ. And Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians 2 verse 5 and 6 reads, Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. And Christian, that's why Christian marry Christian, not Christian and non-Christian. Christians marry Christians and knit together, being heirs together of the grace of life, and you, it's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The destiny is eternity. 
um, <laughs> in eternity there is not marriage so that is something that's going to be different and uh, <clears throat> we will all be in obedience to the Lord Jesus at that time about now we're sitting together as it were in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches and so being heirs together of the wonderful grace of life it's a wonderful thing for Christian couples in premarital sessions I always tell the people or the couple there is three of them in this relationship is there not husband wife and Jesus Christ knit together in Christ Jesus being heirs together of the grace of life establish a Christian home be true yoke fellows together raise children in Christ Deuteronomy 6 7 set examples in the neighborhood I've said before that on our house if you look up Google you've got a cross on it and um, I didn't put that Google put it someone put it there they must have that number phone number is tied with this church and so that's what they've done <clears throat> and therefore when the neighbours move in they, if they've looked at Google at all they <laughs> what's this fellow next door <laughs> but they keep looking and uh, pray that they have a testimony shared with them of a Christian living husband, wife and family who was it? Kirk yeah. oh, um, fellow across the street <laughs> I was talking to him once and <clears throat> He said, he said, a lot of people turn up now and then. He said, they your kids? I said, yeah, if it's a birthday or Christmas or something like that, usually, usually the kids, and all the kids get out of the car and then another carload and another carload and another. <laughs> Four carloads come and there's, there's children getting out and you should be smiling, young person, smiling as you come in. <laughs> no, you don't have to because you're going to be with Christian family. Heirs together, a grace of life. Isn't it a wonderful thought that Christian family... Can, it's not only at mum and dad, but it's children and grandchildren can be heirs together of the grace of life. We're going to heaven. What a wonderful privilege we have as Christian families. Ah, <clears throat> heirs together, grace. I think it's important that we show that to the neighbours. Preserve the testimony in the community. Be salt and light. We're down at <laughs> um, the restaurant down just down there where there's a, you know, that restaurant. Um, Peds Nursery, okay, <laughs> and uh, George Benyon's there, and he 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 owns that, and he comes up. I think he does it to everybody, but because we know him, and I think he knows us well enough, he used to live in our street. It's named after him, and had Glen Weeks in there a few times, and we had a little chat to George Benyon <laughs> about different things, how business was going. And what, who, the, who this man is, is an evangelist, he's at church, and uh, Mr. Banyan's got things in his letterbox over time. And so, you know, we can be, and you should be, we all should be examples of the heirs of grace of life, and particularly it, this responsibility falls on the husband that we're talking about here. And we're <coughs> compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Um, Christian homes should be like the one in 2 Kings 4 verse 10 where they made a prophet's chamber for visiting preachers. 
You've heard of that, haven't you? Different people have done that. Uh, and got a prophet's chamber and have the visiting preacher come through. The Shunammite woman. Um, Aquila and Priscilla made a place for Paul to stay with them. They used hospitality. Mary and Martha, they, as it were, had a prophet's chamber for the greatest of all prophets, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> Let's be responsive as we're saved to be the Christian family, heirs together to the grace of life, ministering to others, setting an example in the community. And he is also to be reflective. Reflective. The husband in verse 7 of chapter 3, it reads, being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Hindered is like breaking up a road, tearing up the bitumen. When the marital conduct is not what it should be, your prayers are broken up, torn up like a road ripped up, and they're hindered. Your prayers are not heard when it's not right in the house. Like Satan hindered Paul to return to the Thessalonians, which he wanted to do in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18. <coughs> Paul said to the Galatians, you did run well, who did hinder you? You know, our spiritual lives can be hindered because of our marital situation. And you consider that with so many marriages that aren't going right. You, you, uh, in a situation like that, you, you're almost safe. You know this verse. There's no sense praying. Because I need to work that out before I can work that out. <laughs> Have this horizontal here relationship right with our family. And it is hard when there's problems in the home to be spiritually minded, to be on fire for the Lord, to be praying as one ought to pray. Satan uses the opportunity when the Spirit of God is grieved to hinder our prayers. Does he hinder other people's prayers too? Yes, he hindered Daniel's prayers, who was a spiritual man. And uh, that's found in the book of Daniel 10, 12 to 14. So let's not let Satan get advantage of us by not being heirs together of the grace of life and doing what we ought to be doing in the Christian family. Wives obeying husbands, husbands to be respectful and responsive and reflective of the situation at home. Because if we don't have that right, we're not going to go far spiritually speaking. <clears throat> As one said, we don't often have to go outside the house to find why the church seems to be failing. It's because it's not working out in the home. Um, you know, you can come to church and get all dressed up. You can dress in white and black or whatever you want. But if it's not right at the house, it's not going to be working in the house of God either. And so let's keep it that way. Keep it right in the home. And uh, follow the example of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham ordered his house and Sarah was willing to obey. He wasn't a dictator and an ugly ruler. He was considerate, compassionate, responsive, reflective and respectful of Sarah, his wife. And that's why God chose him to be the to be the leader, the head, as it were, of the nation, the father of Israel. 
and in the future we'll see some things I'm sure we'll learn about Abraham and Sarah and, the, and uh, all that came from that when we get out into the millennium and eternity. We've got a lot to learn when we get there. A lot of people to meet.